Text Talks could not be prouder to be collaborating with Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies this season. This season is all about inclusion, all about providing a platform, and all about the music. We are teaming up with one of the world's most iconic brands, which, for the first time, is teaming up with one of the world's most iconic festivals. We could not be more stoked to be jumping on the Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies train to bring you an all-woman lineup for the first time across all our seasons. So remember to keep walking towards love, keep walking towards the future, keep walking towards music as we prep you for what's bound to be the biggest festival of the year. Head on over to rockingthedaisies.com to find out more about the future of music festivals in Africa. Get those last-minute festival tips, merch, and soak up every little bit of excitement that Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies has to offer. Welcome to Tex Talks. I am Tex, and today I am talking to a woman who has established herself as the go-to producer for South Africa's premier rappers and her long-awaited debut album sees her embrace seemingly conflicting elements to create a finely tuned body of work. And having joined the lineup for this year's Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies, we're all frothing in anticipation for what is guaranteed to be a face-melting set. I'm, of course, talking about Kay Faith. Kay, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I've I've actually been... um following your podcast for quite a while and I'm actually glad to be on the side of the microphone for once. Hey, thank you. It's been a (laughs) long time coming to have you on this podcast. Firstly, I have to say congrats on the jump of antithesis. A long time coming, like I said. But also, (laughs) congrats on the 65,000 views of the video for your current single, Top 10. I'm sure by the time this is, it'll be 85,000. But surely with a song called Top 10, right, there's got to be a little bit of pressure for the song to perform. Yeah, truly. It is like, um, you know, like... I think in a previous conversation we had, I said, like, I wanted it to be a little bit tongue-in-cheek and some level of foreshadowing, just, you know, putting Mm-mm. it out there with a name like that. And um, look, it's it's been doing really, really good, so I'm really happy about that. Um, but yeah, there is some level of pressure where I'm like, oh, if this flops, it's going to be a little bit embarrassing. But so far, it's been doing incredible, so I'm very happy with it. Yeah, so far, so great. So yeah. no no worries there in terms of flopping. That ain't going to happen. But nah. but talk to me about co-directing the video alongside Nani and how you work together to achieve your vision for yes. what you wanted for Top 10. So I've been part of a collective with Nani since I think about 2015. We're part of a collective called Fife Avenue. And um, we're pretty much like a group of creators and we work within various fields. Like Nani, for example, does videos. He also does creative direction and he does some music production. I obviously do you know, music production, uh, audio engineering, that type of stuff. Uh, one of our other members, his name is Zeno, uh, Zeno D incredible producer also dabbles in a little bit of engineering um so we've been kind of working together since about 2015 where we all kind of got together into the same room for a a, a 
a project we were working on at the time for an artist called EJCPT. And um, we were all just kind of in the same room doing, you know, whatever we were doing as part of contribution to this project. And um, we came together under Nani's older brother and we formed Fife Avenue. And, um, you know, we've kind of been working together ever since on music and on projects and putting together stuff for other people. Um, but Nani and I really came together for the first time to collaborate on the music video for Proudly Capetonian that he actually shot, directed and edited. And, um, I mean, Proudly Capetonian did so well and we shot such an incredible music video for that song. It only felt right to go back to Nani for the top 10 music video. Mm. And um, because of the fact that we've known each other for so long and, you know, he's really good at what he does, uh, working together is just effortless, which is something I really love. Um, and just getting the best out of what we had to work with became so easy because... You know, we've just our work, our working relationship is really good and really smooth. So um, I went to him and I was like, "Hey, man, I want to shot, I want to shoot this music video, Cash Hannah, and um, what's her name, Holly Alpha. We're all based in Cape Town. Let's just find a cool venue." put some crazy lights up, get some really good energy, high performance shots and play around with lights and, you know, do something really simple, but really cool looking. And, um, we shot the whole video in like a couple of hours and it was really straightforward. And, it, um, Nani came together, uh, Nani came through with the editing and edited together an incredible looking music video. And, um, then once we, once we had the first draft ready, he was like, it's cool, but I want to add these like random shots of you just all over the city performing the chorus to camera. And um, we literally like jumped in a car, drove around the city, hopped out at random spaces, recorded me doing the chorus and, you know, like sped off before the security told us to get out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, got those like few random shots in between. And at the time I was like, oh, I don't really see the vision. But now that it came together as the final edit, I was like, okay, I see what he does. Dynamically, it just switches things up so nicely. So yeah, he, he was incredible to work with. And um, it was a really fun experience shooting this video. We actually shot it on Hannah's birthday, which is crazy. <laughs> Oh man, shout out Hannah. Yeah. What a special human being. Incredible. I absolutely adore her. She's fantastic. And I mean, you know, mentioning Hannah, Top 10 also brings out Cape Town's new wave, right? We've got Hannah, yeah. we've got Cash CPT and Holy yeah. Alpha. Absolutely. They bring nothing but buzz and energy. And I know you're very meticulous in arranging features. So yes. I'd love to know what drew you to these three specifically for Top 10. So look, um, I I'd released Proudly Capetonian quite a long time before the album dropped. And that was mostly because just the moment for releasing Proudly Capetonian as a single and with a music video, it felt right. But then, mm. you know, we were very much still in the throes of going up and down in lockdown levels at the time. This was 2020, 2021. And I still felt like, you know, the time just wasn't right for me to release the full album just because we were going through a lot. So mm -hmm. at the time, 
not long before Proudly Keptonian was released, I actually started making top 10. And it was one of those tracks where, and a lot of producers will will agree with the story. Sometimes when you make that, when you sit down and you make a beat, you can already hear the final product and it's really exciting. And for me, this was top 10. I sat down, I put in some of the sounds and as soon as I started adding the 808 into the track, I jumped up and I started running around the studio and I was like, ooh, this is it. I got a hit here. This is going to be crazy. This is going to be stupid crazy. And, um, you know, I I really, with the creation of Antithesis, like one of the main themes of the album is contrast. And I was like, okay, you know, Cape Town's where I live, where I, you know, represent. I have Proudly Capetonian, which was already done and ready to be released at the time. And I was like, but yeah, I have a track called Proudly Capetonian that features two of, you know, Cape Town's OGs, like, EJ in his own light, right is an is a OG from Cape Town. And I mean, with Youngster, I don't have to say that much. You know, he already f- fills up that space. So I was like, I want to do something different. Like, we never hear we never hear people talking about the young talents in Cape Town. We always hear about, oh, this is the new wave in Joburg and Pretoria and Durban. We always know what's coming out of those cities. But so we true. never really shine the light on the younger talents and the fresh talents and the new wave of Cape Town. And that was kind of my focus going into top 10. And the first person I recorded for the, for, for the track was Cash. Because, I mean, it's obvious. I don't have to say that much. But this was before he dropped Cape Town Radio 1. So he was still very, very, you know, much bubbling under about to like pop up and, you know, do the incredible things that he's done already. So I went to him first because we have a really good relationship. I've known him before, like all the music stuff. And um, I said to him, I was like, listen, man, I know you like sing and you do all of those like really melodic kind of vibes, but I need you to rap. The song is a rap song. Um, I want you to give me like raps, like, like go crazy. And I expected a 16 bar verse from him and he actually hit me back with a 32 bar, which was <laughs> such a good surprise. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, cool. Cash is on board. This sounds incredible. You know, I'm still super excited jumping around when I hear the song. And I was like, okay, but who's next, you know? And um, the next person I thought of at the time was actually Hannah. And I think she popped up in my mind because I'd, I'd seen a freestyle of hers that she'd posted online. And I was like, hey, this girl's so crazy. Maybe I should reach out to her for this track. So we'd had a, like a really good relationship since, you know, we met each other virtually as as you do these days. You'd meet each other on IG or on Twitter. And um, I sent it to her and she sent me back the verse that's currently on the track. And it's, I mean, the verse is crazy. My favorite line in Hannah's verse is, now that my face is all over the internet, that is her favorite seat. (laughs) And um, I had these two verses, right? Ready to rock. I love that. (laughs) So I had these two verses and I was ready to rock. And um, at the time, I actually thought of making the track uh, a cypher. So I wanted to call it the antithesis cipher, which is just like bars, you know, no, no hooks, no choruses, no bridges, just bars. And originally the track had, and there is still a, a feature out there from this artist. The closing verse originally on this track was actually by Dope St. Jude, right? Um, Dope St. Jude and I, we have an incredible working relationship. I love her to bits. She's an incredible human being, but it started 
becoming complicated for me to look at the rollout and the logistics of top 10 because she was very much full-blown based in London at the time and traveling was complicated and you know it was a whole mess I wasn't sure what to do honestly at the time and then once I got the Dopes and Jude verse I was like I know this really talented artist called Owetu he is a super talent and I I want to send him the song just to see what he would give me in return and he actually gave me the chorus that's currently on the song now a lot of people think it's me singing I hate to burst people's bubbles but it's not my voice on the top 10 chorus I just performed the chorus in the music video because Oetu is um he doesn't want his face attached to his music he's very low-key and very private uh-huh. So I was like, okay, cool. You know, I might as well have this little moment and just perform the chorus in the music video because it's going to look incredible anyway. And, you know, I always struggle to put myself in music videos as the producer. So people are always like, what's Kay Faith do? What's her role in the song? We don't see Mm. her performing. And um, I was like, cool, let me just perform the chorus in the music video. And I've been very open about it, telling people like, sorry, guys, it's not my voice. I just performed the video in the video. So um, he sent me the chorus, which is so ironic that we made the song backwards we did the verses first and the chorus last so it's usually the opposite mm. um then last year i met this artist called holy alpha and fell in love with this girl's music and she's this like super fiery uh closer rapper from i think she's from kailicha and um I listened to some of her stuff and I was like, yo, I need to reach out to her. I think her on the top 10 um, track would be so incredible because I'm then I'm really putting a more broad representational idea of what Cape Town is, putting this like female crosser rapper on the song as well. Um, and I sent her the song and literally the next day she sent me her verse back and it was again crazy. Like she gave me such a crazy performance. So the Dope St. Jude verse is out there. Um, I I'll give a hint that there might be a deluxe edition of the album on the way that will hey. feature that verse. Um, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, we we kind of built the track like that, and the whole idea is I was just targeting getting like young, really fly, really like uh, vibrant artists to jump onto this track, and um, yeah, I feel like I found through just trial and erroring, I found the perfect formula for it, and it worked out so incredibly. And yeah, it's it's been one of my one of my like faves. I've been sitting on this track since 20, uh, 20, 2021. Yeah, I've been just sitting on this, waiting, being like, "Yo, I've got this thing, man. It's gonna drop soon, and it's gonna be crazy." So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, for those listening who haven't listened to Antithesis yet do yourself a favor and hop on that now it's it's seizing every opportunity to challenge conventions and i know that when we last spoke about antithesis for apple music you told me that you called it that because you are a walking antithesis of sorts like a white afrikaans woman making some of the hardest hitting hip-hop in the country do you feel as though you're in a space now where you're getting the recognition that you deserve um it's getting there um I would say not entirely, but it's not because of who I am. It's more because of industry red tape and being someone based in Cape Town. Um, You know, unfortunately, the music industry maker is in Joburg. 
and that's just how it is so as Cape Townian artists we always have to work that little bit harder to get that nod from Joburg and you know I've decided that it's time for me to start doing more like stints in Joburg sitting up there for a month at a time just being in people's faces and you know that's probably how I'm ultimately going to get the recognition I feel like I deserve but you know things are changing I've, I've seen a lot of big artists already giving me the nod giving me the co-sign going this is crazy check this out um and yeah a lot of surprising dms i've gotten of people going ho yo let's work so um yeah it's getting there I'm, i'm i'm feeling positive about it it's not it's not what i expected just yet but i'm feeling positive that we'll get there and i guess that's the most important that i'm you know still still willing to climb that mountain to get to that peak have you also felt like over the last maybe two, three years, there's been a little bit of a shift in terms of the focus on Cape Town, especially when, you know, hip hop was in its, uh, South African hip hop was at its peak at its height above, let's say eight years ago, mm. um, you know, with KO and and, and mm. AKA and Casper. But now I feel like there's a renewed focus on Cape Town, but yeah. just in, in, in all, in all sense of genres. Yeah, truly. You know what it is? It's because, the people at the top don't know what's going on here. And I think that they're intimidated by it because when something does come out of Cape Town, it's spectacular. And, you know, like, I mean, I speak very much obviously from the hip hop scene. There's this thing in the city where people go, if you don't blow up in South Africa, you if you're from Cape Town, you blow up in one of two places. You blow up in South Africa or you blow up internationally. And that's just <laughs> how it goes for us as Cape Townians, which is <laughs> so bizarre. Um, but yeah, there is this new focus on what's going on in the city. Like I've seen it now where lots of artists are coming down here going, what's happening in Cape Town? Where labels are starting to go, who's going, you know, who's doing what in Cape Town? Where... Um, promoters from other parts of the country are coming here to see like where they can set up a, a gig just to see you know what what's kind of going on so there is this like probe in the city of okay what are the Cape Tonians doing and um it's good I I'm really happy that there's this focus but yeah I'm also keen to see what comes from it I guess you know like I don't want to get excited because there's always been this like oh let's see what Cape Town's doing let's see what Cape Town's doing but then people are quick to pluck up the talent from here, take it to another space and develop it there where I feel like, you know, we deserve our own pipeline where the talent gets fed in on the one side and the product comes out on the other side. And um, that's something I'm really passionate about and something that I'm trying to, you know, semi-establish in our city is to get that type of pipeline because Joburg definitely has it, you know. They pick up a, ta- a, a young kid who's super talented, they toss them in on the one side they go down the pipe they get the sound they get the look they get the feel they get the strategy and boom they come out on the other end and it's a it's a packaged product that they then take to market so i really feel like that's something that if we had it in our city in cape town um yeah we would we would be putting together a lot of good musicians and a lot of good music that we could take to market that'll compete with the greatest in the country Let's see what's going on in Cape Town. I find that so funny. It's like we're we're sitting in our own republic and the rest of South Africa are like peeking over the wall to check out what's oh happening. Oh my goodness. You <laughs> like don't understand. That's country. so true. That's so true. The <laughs> other day I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, I feel so honored. I got to see the biggest South African artist perform live the other day. And I was like, who are you talking about? And he was like, Jeremy Loops. <laughs> 
<laughs> and no hate to Jeremy Loops. He's an incredible artist. But I was so shocked to hear that that was, in this person's opinion, like the biggest South African musician. I had a little bit of a chuckle. I was like, yep, definitely a Cape Townian. Definitely yeah. a Cape Townian. <laughs> I mean, yeah, shout out Jeremy. We love Jeremy. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> and Komiki. Um, but, <laughs> but, but really, I mean, yeah, sometimes I do feel like Cape Townians live in their own little bubble. And I think it's because, you know, you work in the industry that you work in. And I like lived in Joburg for a while. And, you know, we go backwards and forwards um, yeah. now, now that COVID's over. So yeah, at least we true. know what's happening in, in the rest of the country. But, yeah. you know, I said this to you last time I spoke to you as well. You, when I hear a song that you've done and I see a name that I don't recognize, I know I have to pay attention to that person because you are a tastemaker and you work with the new wave. And I feel like over the course of your career, you've made a point of seeking out people that a wouldn't have necessarily had an in into the industry but b are on the up and up do you do you feel like you've developed an ear for what works oh yeah um i think i think mo not necessarily ear for what works but an ear for what could work because mm. as much as what i'm you know currently doing in the industry like a lot of people a lot of people go oh you've put together a really great album what did you do you produced it and i'm like well yeah i produced the album and put it together and engineered on it and all of that stuff but at the end of the day i pretty much a and my own album because <laughs> um, I had to like be so meticulous about who the talents were that I was going to pull together to make yeah. it work because you obviously don't want to feature people and then sometimes ugh, I said the other day it's so weird to speak in South Africa about other musicians in front of certain musicians because in hip-hop there's always two people beefing and there's always something and there's you know so for me it's very much like a big part of the music I make is I, I want everyone to be able to sit about, uh, around a table and, you know, be content with each other and be happy with what we've created musically, right? So you have to be so meticulous about who you put together on a project to make it end up leaving a good taste in everyone's mouths. So when it comes to when it comes to finding new talent i sometimes feel like it's the one thing that really keeps me going knowing that there's always going to be that new generation that is going to filter up to the top and um i said the other day to someone i can't remember who i was speaking to but it's like if everyone just wanted to work with the guys at the top our industry would fall flat because there'd be no new talent going uh being pushed up into the big leagues so for me sometimes it's a case of like find that really talented kid that no one knows put them on a good song yeah i get the little bit of like woohoo k released a new song with a new artist and we get that little moment but also for that artist that could be the stepping stone into the next big thing in their career and especially in cape town where there's not that much infrastructure to create music as we would like to um it sometimes takes one song to put you in front of the audience you need to be for your career to start so for me I really love finding these new voices and getting people into studio and developing them. I've I've worked with artists who are so incredibly talented, but they've never been in a studio. So they're really bad at recording purely because 
they haven't been exposed to it. And that process of just like shining a, a, a diamond, if I can say it, that's what it's called. Um, I really love that. And I don't do it for the sake of clout. <laughs> you know, like I don't want to be like, oh, well, I broke that artist into the game. That's not what it's about for me. It's just that like discovering something shiny and picking it up and going, cool, you are incredible. Let's work. Hopefully you walk away with a great learning experience. We both walk away having made an incredible music uh, piece. And yeah, hopefully it's just a, 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 you know, like a positive experience for everyone involved. And for me, that's really important. I don't like, I've made really good songs where the studio session ended up, you know, going sideways because of creative differences or whatever mm. the case is. And respectfully, I won't release the music because I don't want anyone to think back and be like, uh, you know, the night we made that really beautiful song, we had a bit of an argument or whatever. That's not how I like to create. I really like oh, to wow. keep it super, super like, um, you know, like feel good and positive mm. and productive. That's the most important thing for me. So in light of a and your own record, have you ever thought of starting your own record label? You know, I would really love to do that. <laughs> and it is something it is something that's probably going to happen at some point because I'm always trying to find like what's the next thing? What am I going to do next? Do I do another album or do I start a label? You know, like that's constantly how my mind is ticking. But like everyone these days is a record label, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's uh, the way to go or if there's a smarter way of doing it. So it is on the drawing board. Um, we'll, we'll see how it pans out. I have to um, I have to think about it a little bit more and see what I could do that would really like stand out amongst the sea of record labels in our country. Like in Cape Town, every like third artist I know is like, well, you know, I've got my own record label. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, big <laughs> thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I would need to figure that one out. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of the next chapter, I read that you're going to be joining the podcast family soon, starting yeah. your own podcast called Antithesis. Talk to me about that. I'm all ears. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm starting the Antithesis podcast very soon. And look, it's it's inspired it's inspired by my love of just knowing what's going on on the back end of music, right? Mm. So... Yes, I'll listen to your album and love it and, you know, analyze every little sound in every song. But I really want to know why you put that sound there, why you chose that artist, because that's something that I do all the time. So I feel that in South Africa, producers don't tell their stories enough. Like the music mm -hmm. creation process isn't shared enough. We get so much of it coming from the States. And the whole idea for starting the Antithesis podcast is to tell the story of the creation of the album. And yes, you know, how the songs were made, but also what the inspiration was from the different artists, what the experiences was, you know, like when we recorded, there's a track on the album with Maglera Doughboy called Shark Week. Um, you know, bring him into a space. Let's have a conversation. We come from two very different sides of the country, two very different worlds. How did we end up in the same studio um, in Cape Town? And how did we make this incredible song together? You know, that's such a powerful story to be told. And I feel like not telling it would be wrong. It would be so untrue to the music industry. And um, 
that's pretty much the the inspiration behind it is breaking down how we make these songs how artists work you know like hannah might have one way of approaching how she writes for a song and cash might have a very different way of doing it and here they're both in the same song but they've got two different processes of getting there so that's the whole idea it's telling the stories behind the creation of the music on the album and it's not necessarily just um you know how i collaborated with artists but i also collaborated with different producers and engineers and videographers on this project so it's really having a round table conversation with music creatives and you know like luckily i have an album to kind of have a jump off point for the the conversation but hopefully it just leads to more uh, conversations around how music gets created from the various sides so from the artists from the producers the engineers all of that i cannot wait it sounds <laughs> so incredibly exciting and i'm really happy that you mentioned shark week because i remember you told me that you made this track at the end of a very chaotic week yeah. in your life so in the absence of your own podcast you're gonna have to tell me the story behind that now <laughs> i need to know <laughs> i need to know that so i'll tell i'll tell my section of the story which is obviously the creation of the music so um I very much what you just said. I made the song at the end of one of the busiest weeks I had in my life. And um, it was this like tug between deadlines and different people and different managers. And, you know, there was so much on the plate. And I had to just, you know, like I lost sleep and I ended up getting sick. Like it was really crazy. Mm. And um, when I made the song, like if you listen to Shark Week, it has like two states. It sounds really like happy and summery, and then all of a sudden it gets really dark. Um, that's kind of where the song started. It started with like the dark part, and um, I just felt like I was being chased by the shark for a week straight and it was just trying to chow me around every corner and you know if I didn't like look over my shoulder it would like come and chow me so I kind of made the song and called it Shark Week because of that feeling that I had and I mean I don't know if you ever like had this experience when I was a little kid and I used to swim um, my older sister loved bodyboarding and then obviously me going oh you have a bodyboard that's really cool can i borrow it and then it's like no you can't and then you know every now and then when you're lucky your older sibling will be like okay fine here go take a quick ride with my bodyboard on you know for the next five minutes while i quickly go to the shop or something and i remember as a kid every time i used to jump in a wave i used to think a shark was going to bite me that was just like oh an irrational fear i had as a kid Hey, me too. Me too. Go. Every time I go. got into a, a body of water, I'd be like, Ooh, especially if I couldn't see the bottom. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Oh, man. So you you get what I'm talking about. Mm. So, um, you know, that that like feeling of doom, that feeling of like, and I think the jaws sound that like, duh, 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 duh. <laughs> 
<laughs> that kind of feeling that that sound evokes, that's kind of the same feeling I wanted to capture with some of the gloomier parts of the song. So I just felt like there was a shark like chasing me and it was about to chow me and whatever. And I just needed to like take that feeling and put it somewhere else. And I think I made that song just to deposit that feeling into that song just so that I could get rid of it because I didn't really know what to do after the week was done. But it was also for me like a personal lesson of like, you know, like don't go through so much effort and by the end of the week, all you have to show for it is some deadlines that you've reached, but none of it's been for you. It's always, it's been for other people's music and other people's careers. And that was very much a changing point for me where I was like, yes, I love working with people, but I need to make sure that I put my career and what I do at a point of priority and not break myself down for like five other people and just, you know, trying to hit deadlines and work and, you know, also just establishing like a, a healthy working relation with relationship with me and my peers. So, you know, like a lot was learned in that period. And um, yeah, Shark Week was created. It was such a weird instrumental and I wasn't quite sure who to send it to. And um, I was like, considering it's like a weird track, I need someone with a super unique voice. And obviously, Maglera Doughboy jumps into my head immediately. So this was actually one of the, the first songs made for the album. So this was, I'm talking about 2018, 2019 that we made the song. And um, I sent it to him and he loved it. He loved the instrumental. And um, he was flown down to Cape Town for, I think it was a Red Bull studio session. The time Red Bull was still around in Cape Town. R.I.P. And um, yeah, big R.I.P. And um, I think we arranged for him to fly back to Joburg like two days after he was like scheduled to leave. Um, and I put, I put him up in an Airbnb right around the corner from the studio where I work from. And, um, you know, we were literally in studio the whole night just meticulously crafting what shark week was going to be and we were back and forthing on a theme and we couldn't quite agree on what the theme was going to be and then he just asked me like at one point point blank he was like why did why did you call it shark week and i told him the story and he was like that's it that's what i'm going to make this about and we we did the track like bit by bit so he literally wrote the first verse that you hear first i just woke up in Nubia. Muggers in the the Lubis. Shout out my dogs. Walk on water for my looters. Young trap god fucking Judas. You just saw me the Lord. Niggas frying no fraud. I just maxed out like I'm Julian. Run out of jail a boss. I can give a fuck about your sauce. Feel nigga never had a boss. Roman fun at it boss. Got the drive, I ain't talking car keys. Tungting your ling in a statue. That's the car key. Delivered it. Loved it. And then he was like, considering we're playing with this theme of like ocean, um, sharks, water, waves, beach, you know, considering we're playing with this idea, why don't we use the chorus for like row, row, row your boat gently down the stream? Why don't we do like a flip of that for the hook? And I was like, what would you say? And then he he literally said like the chorus, he said it to me and he was like, uh, every, every day, day I'm, I'm in, in my, my bag, bag. I, I can, can never lag, lag. I, I do not, not relax, relax. That's, that's a fact, fact. like he sang it back for me, and um, then he went, uh, row, row, row your boat till you see the sea, Cruen rules everything around me, and I was like, sold, jump in the booth, go record that right now, don't you dare forget it, we put the chorus down, 
spend another couple of hours crafting the second verse. And, um, you know, we just kind of crafted the, the song that night. And um, we ended up leaving the studio at like a stupid hour, like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, I Ubered them off to the to the Airbnb where they were staying. And I stayed behind and I was sitting there like fiddling with the song, structuring it, arranging it, making sure that, you know, like the choruses sounded good and the, the verses sounded good. And I mean, you can ask Maglera, I probably sent him like maybe 10 to 15 different versions of the song before we got to the final one. And he was like, I don't know why you're so obsessed with the song, but every version you're sending me <laughs> sounds better and better. So, so keep going. And yeah, we, we got to this version that we that's ended up on the album. And it's literally probably my favorite song on the album because of how weird it is. And to me, it's like the epitome of what the, the vibe of antithesis was supposed to be. Did little Karin growing up in Eisner ever think in her wildest dreams she'd be on a podcast dissecting a hard-hitting hip-hop song that she wrote called Shark Week? Like... <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> never 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 because um i i grew up like the area i grew up in Eisner is called renendal and within renendal there's an area called highway west and that's where i i stayed and um it's very much like a farm space like a farm community so like even growing up like there weren't lots of other kids around and stuff like that so a lot of the kids i grew up playing with were like uh, the kids of the the guys who worked on the farm with my pops. So, you know, like looking back at it now, I'm so thankful for that experience because that's made me open to so many different like cultures and languages and different races from such an early age that, you know, like a lot of people in that area from that time, like, you know, they're very much old school. They're still mm. trying to get out of this old school mentality of what South Africa used to be versus what it is now, you know. And for me, growing up in that space and being exposed to all these different kids from different backgrounds and languages and races and stuff made me realize, like, my parents' way of thinking wasn't... Like, I remember being small and sitting down with one of my friends and she was a black girl and... um I was like, hey, do you want to have some cool drink? Come with me inside the house. And we ran in the house and I took out two glasses out of the cupboards. And um, one of the ladies working in the house was like, no, 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 she's not allowed to use that glass. She needs to have her own separate glass. And I remember as a kid being like, why you know like we're just mm -hmm. having cool drink and now that i'm older I obviously you know i get it a bit more and i think having that experience as a kid has made me the the open-minded person i am today which allows me to be in so many spaces and not make people feel like you know they're being treated a certain way because since since i was small i've always wanted to just show people as much love and respect as possible because i could see how the grown-ups weren't treating them with that same level of love and respect just because they look different or they came from a different place or they you know spoke afrikaans a little bit weird because it's not their first language um so as much as it was a really not cool time I learned, I think, the best lesson I could have learned out of it. And that was just that whatever was brewing back then was horrible and that I never wanted to perpetuate that growing up as like a white kid in the country. And um, 
as I said, I feel like this is why I could have I could go into a hip hop space and be so comfortable because I've never been uncomfortable around people, regardless of where they're from, what they look like, how they speak. And um, further answering that question, I probably could see the DJ side of what I do as a career when I was little because I loved playing music. Um, but the production and the music videos and the, all of that. I look at photos of myself when I was small and I'm like, you I was such a little like weirdo. I don't think, um, <laughs> I don't know if I would have grown up to be cool enough to be in hip hop. And yeah, look at me now. I kind of got there. <laughs> so how did hip hop find you? Because Nice Night is a lot of things, but it's not a hub for hip hop. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Very true. Um, you know what? My love for hip hop comes from two places. Uh, the first being that I was the youngest of three siblings and I was like what they call a lot lamiki. Mm -hmm. So my older brother was like 10 years older than me and my older sister is six years older than me. So they were very much going through like the throes of being teenagers when I was still really small. So whenever I wanted attention, it was like, uh -uh, not now, go watch TV. <laughs> so um, I grew up watching a lot of television and... Um, my at the time it was SABC one, two, three, ETV, and then if you were lucky, you got that like hour of Mnet. Oh, <laughs> I remember when they used to leave it on sometimes. Yep, 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 exactly. So, um, <laughs> I used to watch a lot of TV, and at the time, the channel that was playing the most music was SABC one, and they were playing a lot of South African house, South African hip hop and South African Kwaito music. So that's one place where I was exposed to this like style of hip hop. Um, but the second, the second place or the, the second thing that inspired this love of hip hop of mine is thanks to my older brother. Now he was the first kid in the family to get his driver's license. And therefore he became like, the person my parents sent everywhere to go do everything for them. Oh, go to the shop and go get food. Oh, go do this. Go to the post office. Go, you know, drive around for us. And um, because I was the youngest, he was always looking after me when my parents were busy. So he would just be like, just come drive with me. We're going to go do whatever for the parents. And because he was a lot older than me, he used to listen to a lot of different types of music while we were driving around. And... Um, I think one day he put on a Missy Elliott song. I, I, I can't remember if it was. I th yeah, okay. I remember. It was Get Your Freak On. Um, and I remember when the beat dropped that like. I was like, oh, this is really cool. This sounds really like interesting. And then I heard. Mississippi putting it down. I'm the hottest now. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is a woman rapping? That's so cool. And, you know, I had like a little mind-blown moment in the in the car. And I think he, he still told me, he was like, are you okay? Because I was sitting there like mind-blown just listening to this lady rapping. So, um, you know, he exposed me to a lot of like what was coming from the States at that time. So Missy Elliott, Eve, Lil Kim. And then also, like, he put me on to my first exposure to Afrikaans raps. 
which was Brasa Funny Cup at the time. Bring your boat to your crew to brace your safe sick. With the Akkurus, got eight stick with the bottle in the case. So got safe, got on a crate, and a slave, you ain't fake with the money. So, um, you know, between consuming a lot of SABC One local music and just having an older brother who was playing all these really cool types of music in the car while we were driving around, I think between the two of those, hip hop was just the genre I really enjoyed the most and just kind of gravitated towards purely because like it was really exciting it was these hard beats and these fast mm. raps and then the music videos were so cool like i mean you know what the missy elliott music videos used to look like and the buster rhyme music videos and it was so cool i think as a kid all of that just blew my mind and um i think that's where the love for it came from because i think i felt cool listening to it and then like you learn to rap along and it makes you feel a certain way and it, especially like to the the music that was made by the woman it makes you feel empowered because they were saying like really cool things so i think that's where the love for the genre absolutely came from and how it stuck with me from neisner to the heineken house stage at johnny walker rock in the days yeah. K, you are you are a wealth of knowledge and i've enjoyed chatting <laughs> to you immensely i always enjoy chatting to you the yeah. most, but I'm really looking forward to sharing a drink and a chasals with you at uh, at Daisy's. I think it's going to be dope. It's going to be crazy. It's my official three-peat this year. Woohoo! Yeah, so I have to uh, bring it, you know, third time's a charm. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Tex Talks. From me, your host, Tex, producers Jonathan Ings and Matthew Lewitz, and research and associate producer Al Clapper, catch you on the flip side. A huge shout out to Johnny Walker Rocking the Daisies, South Africa's biggest music and lifestyle festival. Remember to follow Text Talks on socials and subscribe and rate on whatever platforms you stream your podcast on. Head on over to texttalks.com for all our previous episodes. And remember, that's text with a double X. 